Good afternoon, everyone, and a warm welcome to a new refreshed QuickBooks Labs. As you can see, we've got a nice new green lick of paint all over ourselves. Gone are the blues in with the green, and hopefully you'll see it's a little bit more fresh going forward. So QuickBooks Labs, a fortnightly podcast designed to be the place to learn all about the world of QuickBooks and other accounting software. Every two weeks, we hang around these microphones to talk about all the latest news, tips, tricks for QuickBooks Online. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Patrick, a chartered accountant and owner of a county firm called Boffix and a QuickBooks certified trainer with a nice little badge. Just uh, I can't figure that out. There, there it is. Um, and also that QuickBooks chat on YouTube. Join with me, as always, is my co-host, the one and only Ash. How's it going, Ash? Fantastic. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah, it's me, Ash Peterson, bookkeeper slash accountant slash uh, uh, app developer founder of NetTracker, the app for your fixed assets, connects with QuickBooks Online and Zero. Back over to you, Aaron. Awesome. So normally at this point I say how we got a cracker installed and definitely stay around. We've definitely got some great news for you. But being honest with you, today we've got some news that's going to be interesting and relevant, but we definitely don't have as much as we normally have. And that's to be expected. And let's be honest, we had QuickBooks uh, Connect only a couple of weeks ago and we were given all the information then. So it's a little bit lighter on the world of account of QuickBooks, but we still have a good show in store for you. So first of all, we are live to the world to our regular time of 4.30 p.m. UK, um, and that's 10.30 US Central Time every other Tuesday. So if you're listening to this back at a later date, then why not think about joining us live? That way we can get involved with the show, and then you can ask questions as we go along. So just like we've got Leanne... Hi, Leanne. How's it going? And Joanne as well. Great session this morning on uh, on um, um, Ask the Expert. It was a great little one there. If you haven't seen it, then do make sure you go watch his show this morning. Um, so you can join people like them and ask any questions and furthermore later in the show. So also, just to let you know, we are live to the nation on podcast services around the globe. So feel free to subscribe on a podcasting service of your choice. Ash, what's the agenda for today's show? So on today, uh, you've got a little bit of news for us, Aaron. So just a tiny bit of news. Um, and then you'll come over to me and I'll do a little bit of diving around in the QuickBooks Online Advanced Payroll. So I've got a few tips to, you know, uh, that I can help with that. I've been looking into it quite a bit recently. Um, we'll be looking at using the rostering and kiosks and setting up different things within there, a um, little bit on bank holidays as well. So anyone that's new to QuickBooks Online Advanced Payroll, uh, that will help. We've got a webinar uh, coming, a full webinar coming up actually with uh, Intuit on Friday. So we'll take a look at uh, that. And then anyone else that logs in uh, and is joining us today, usual you can throw a question at myself and aaron uh, and if we know the answer um or even if we don't we shall try our very best to help you with that answer got ways and means ways and means and now's the right time to be talking about payroll isn't it with us coming up to that payroll year end and everything else so if you are considering looking at quickbooks payroll solution now is the time okay then so when it comes to the news um, we've got a couple of changes within QuickBooks itself, so we're going to just have a quick look at some very minor changes, um, but possibly something that could, could kind of give us some indication of what's going to happen in the future, so more on that in a moment. Uh, we've got more news on how the QuickBooks bank is going to be operated and how that works. 
one of those new features they announced at QuickBooks Connect. One of the ones I'm actually really, really excited about. I think that's going to be a great addition to the QuickBooks uh, product lineup. Um, we've got a new term to understand as well called premium apps. So we'll try and figure out what premium apps means and how that actually can affect um, us going forward. And there's a few changes in the USA product as well that I thought I'd bring in and talk about. So first of all, let's quickly go and see our changes that we've had in product itself. So I'm just quickly going to share screen. Okay, so really, really simple change here, but it could be something that kind of brings in some extra functionality to us later and also makes our life so much more easy when and more useful when we're doing it. But if you've ever used your upload receipt functionality, so if you ever scanned in a receipt and put it into QuickBooks, you'll notice this view is very different to what it was before. Basically, we're getting a much more area here where we can start looking into things and it seems to be a lot more like like or it seems to me like we're seeing it very much in terms of what the rest of the architecture of quickbooks is if you remember when they first brought in this feature it was very much a kind of there was a couple of boxes here and it was very much a much smaller area on the right hand side now we seem to have kind of almost reminiscent of what the bank area looks like if we're going to add a transaction it's kind of in that more kind of more more of a, a aesthetic there and kind of things like the names and stuff it now finally says category back again and things like that so very minor change but i think it's something that's that's definitely a good thing and i think it's something that also means that they're going to start doubling down on this area as well which is a good thing because i i really like this feature i think it's a great way of um getting data into quickbooks and i think the idea that we can um get it in there is really useful one thing i'd wish 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 they'd change though is just this terminology up here um bill and receipt we all know it as expense and bill so yeah, I'm looking forward to that being changed. And then the other thing that I know people are screaming out for is the ability to split this transaction down a little bit further. We're doing to that one, Ash. That's a, it's a minor change, isn't it? But it's minor, but I'm, I'm being honest. It looks a lot better on the screen. So as you, as you take a look at it, and I, but I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, the receipt thing. You know, you know why <laughs> just didn't go straight to expense. I know it's a receipt that's in your pocket. Uh, we all know what that is. But you know. To, you know, consistency would be uh, a little bit more helpful there. Uh, and then I think what's also, you know, what people at some, you know, it's not uh, that common, uh, you know, the credit note, the supplier credit note, yeah. being able yeah. to scan that uh, because at the moment is that's going to, you know, it's still a manual job, isn't it? But yeah, it just look a lot better. No, I, I think that's that's definitely a good shout, that one. Um, I think the receipt and bill thing just frustrates me because it's kind of undoing our hard work we always go when we're doing our training, isn't it? We're, we spend, I, feel, I feel like we spend a good quarter of that training explaining the difference between a bill and an expense, and then they go along and chuck the word receipt in there just, to, yeah. just for good measure. So. Yeah, so now when you come to do the the, the receipt scan, you say, and oh, by the way, receipt means expense. But I think I just got slightly sidetracked by Annie's Burger Shack and the, uh, <laughs> the amount of money you spent at Annie's Burger Shack. I promise you it wasn't just for me. That was a, a team mountain, oh, that one. Okay. 
But it is if you're ever in Derby, that is the place to go for your burgers. Um, I also I don't know if this was new or not, but now you can make it billable. And I couldn't I couldn't remember if it was on the old screen or not, but it, it might have been there. I just might have missed it. But you can now make expenses and items billable as well. Or yeah. you could before, and it's just it was there. So again, minor minor change there, but I think definitely in the right direction and definitely something that's going to make things useful. And then one small other change that I noticed as well. If I jump into the QuickBooks accountant section. So if you're not an accountant, then this bit won't mean anything to you whatsoever. But now if I was to jump into my QB case study where we just were, the eagle-eyed of you will notice there's only two tabs at the top here. We're missing that, that second tab. So again, sign of things to come, I assume. I, I don't know what their future or what the what what's going on with this area going forward. I don't know if there's looking to enhance this area and bring some more bits to it. Maybe this is where the whole QuickBooks tax and all that lot that we, we were talking about and talking about kind of in the past couple of episodes and how that's going to integrate with it. Um, but no, we've lost, we've lost the tab in here, which used to be basically a nice little breakdown of what was, um, what was uh, the, the, the pages and stuff and everything else. But, you know, as they say here, it's, it is, it is, it is the same data that's in your overview section. So, you know, you can go into each individual client and find it from there. I don't really see it as a big, big issue or a big problem, um, but it was nice that that data was being brought into, the, you know, this area without you having to click into the individual client. So maybe that's a maybe that's a thing, a thing of a, a look at things to come because I imagine it's to speed up the process and everything else if you're not having to call that data all the time and everything else. So yeah, yeah an interesting one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I know because you say notes, shared documents, and then bookkeeping. Then it was the third tab with your yeah. with your um your best, your bank balances and your balance sheet balance. You know reconciliation. Um, on the main page, Aaron, because I couldn't. Um, you yeah. know, when you're on your major accountant page, yeah, where the clients are listed. Yeah, because the a number of transactions don't come through anymore, do they? Oh, sorry, I'm on the bookkeeping tab. There we are. Overview oh, tab. So the so the banking. Uh, so on the over. Yeah, they. So it still does come through. Um, yeah, that is true, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't come through as a. You can't drill de deeper into it, can you? Which you can, but no. I, I imagine. I mean, they'll they'll have the statistics and and everything, won't they? I imagine no one was using that section, so that's probably why it's gone. But you know, it's just, it was just one of those odd changes, wasn't it? That kind of didn't see coming. Um, and small kind of update for that is now to get into your client. If you ever went from there, your QB buttons up here and it's not in that section anymore. Cool. All right. So there was a small change. If you do notice any other changes though, do let us know. Cause uh, we're always interested to keep an eye on changes and let people know going forward. Um, the other news though, that we had was we had a bit more information on, how this QuickBooks account is going to use. So just a bit of a, a background as to what it is, if you didn't catch last week's episode. Um, but basically, QuickBooks are going to be providing their own bank account as sorts. And the idea here is it's about trying to make it so that um, you don't, you know, you can you can have an all-in-one solution. So the way they've kind of pitched it is the idea that it's not just going to be that you attach your bank account to QuickBooks, but it should en enhance some functionality, should unlock some functionality, and should be able to give you opportunities to be able to um, to be able to kind of utilize that 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 deep integration. 
with the fact that it's a QuickBooks product, you kind of expect that. And the sort of um, expected um, extra functionality is the idea that as an accountant, we could make payments on behalf of clients and there could be an expense procedure and all them sort of things is what we, we expect to come through and is what has been talked about going forward as well. Um, but it was just interesting the way that they've kind of um, given out some more information. So first of all, it will be a fully digital bank. So if you think along the lines of Revolut, Starlin, um, those sort of challenger banks, that's a sort of connection they're looking to build and put in. Um, and we've learned that it's by a company called Modular that's going to have all this or Mod Modular, something like that, M-O-D-U-L-R. Um, and one of the things that I found when I was kind of looking into it and, and trying to do some research on it is this is basically the same platform that Revolut has been using to kind of enhance their functionality. So that could only mean then that from kind of speculation point of view that we should kind of see that what Revolut's built should be very similar to what QuickBooks is aiming for and there should be that kind of that element there. So that could kind of give you some indication of what to expect when this functionality starts rolling out. The beta's up and running, but we've heard nothing on if people have been accepting the beta yet or not. Both me and Ash have both signed up, haven't we, Ash, in terms of get ourselves ready to go? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. a, a great question has come through from Johan when we'll talk about that uh, yeah. bank. You know, do you think the QBO bank um, will see lending uh, based on QBO data? And that's a very good question because I would, I would probably say that might be, you know, a, a, a good question Good shout, really. I, I think that could be the case. You know, if you know, uh, Intuit gathering all this data based upon their customers, and they've got a particular customer, uh, and they can see what their revenue is, um, and they're using the QBO bank, and they want that. You know, they'd like some additional funding. Well, you know, they've got all they've got all that information there, haven't they? They can see what their sales are. You know, what their cash flow is like. You know. It gives them all the insights so they're in the background to say, you know, you want £20,000, whatever dollars, whatever it might be. Um, well, looking at your records, I don't know whether we're really going to risk that or, you know, the other, or it could be quite the opposite. Yeah, de definitely. And, well, just some in, it's an insight into that one. So Modular themselves, they're... Or I don't know if you're supposed to call it modular, M-O-D-U-L-R, um, is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority in the UK um, and offers direct access to faster payments and backs and hold settled funds within Bank of England. So the way they're kind of wording it is it does seem like it's going to be something that will build onto that. Um, and it kind of gets me thinking down the line. I don't know if it, these are connected, but I remember having a conversation or a talk with QuickBooks couple of years back now about their their real focus on that they want to bring in factoring and they want to have that built direct into the product so i i wonder if this is kind of the four marks of that as well so not only um could could it improve the ability for lenders and everything else to have visibility and understand what's going on and have that kind of opportunity there but also brings in the opportunity for more quicker finance options and having that ability to you know borrow against maybe one particular invoice that's outstanding that sort of idea and maybe change the way that factoring is because the you know the way factoring is at the moment is most of the time it's all or nothing isn't it you have to give up all of your income and all of your debtors to be able to make it worthwhile on the factor factor or so 
you know, I know that they were looking into the possibility of, of trying to turn that on the head a little bit and maybe have it so you can kind of have it on a more when you need it approach so that you can kind of borrow money sort of idea. So it kind of all seems to be putting all the bits into place, doesn't it? That, that that's the sort of thing that might be going forward. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an interesting one. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it's definitely something to keep an eye on and, and I'm really you know, I'm looking forward to getting that, my hands on the kind of solution itself. Um, I I personally feel like this is going to be a great, maybe um, secondary bank that you can kind of use for most most clients. That whole expenses bank, as we talked about before, um, and and using it for that sort of functionality, I think will be really really good. Um, yeah, so I think that could be something that'd be entertaining to look at. But yeah, watch this space on this one. I think that's going to be a huge. Uh, um, a huge little opportunity to go forward in terms of uh, how it's going to be done and everything else. And if if it is very much similar to how Revolut works, and it's you know it's a very simple solution that could could be really useful. Um, okay, so the other bits of news that we've got really straightforward, um, and just kind of just being awareness really, and maybe opportunity to think about what could be coming down the line. Um, they've introduced in the US in the advanced QuickBooks section. So advanced being one of their other offerings over there. So we don't have it in the UK just yet. Um, but it is designed for a more uh, enterprise level business. It's designed to be for your bigger businesses. But they've um, brought in a new kind of term, if you like, called premium apps. And the idea of premium apps, um, and, and from what from what we can tell from the research, is that instead of it just being that kind of app integration we've got now where it's very much a the app developer would develop something just like ash has and it would be able to explain it in much more detail um, but instead of just having that idea where we've got this whole app um, being developed and then there's a connection to quickbooks in this definitely in this case and what we've seen in certain circumstances it's quickbooks reaching out to the provider and creating the connection on their behalf. So as an example of one of these premium apps that have been discussed, um, DocuSign. So DocuSign, a really popular um, QuickBooks, a really popular app outside of QuickBooks, should I say. So the idea of DocuSign is you get the opportunity to send forms over. You can get them e-signed really easily. Um, and they've been really good at connecting certain products to it. So Microsoft Teams, HubSpot, those sort of things have already got some form of integration. Um, and the idea is making that e-signature really, really robust and <clears throat> having something that you can rely on and make sure it can send and you can auto-reminders, all that sort of stuff is what they kind of tout as their main be benefits for using their platform. But it was actually Intuit that, from what, what we've seen from this, uh, this this article is Intuit's actually gone and reached out to DocuSign to start to create the connection, not the other way around. And that's normally the case. It's normally, again, someone's made an app and then they want to connect it to QuickBooks. This is Intuit reaching out to make that connection. And that kind of opens up quite a few different scenarios there, doesn't it, Ash? It's kind of a whole different way of looking at it, a whole different way of changing the kind of aspect of what the app store could be going forward and how that could could amend and this whole premium app idea kind of makes a tier system and everything else what do you think to that yeah i mean that's i mean it's pretty interesting i mean i can understand that docusign uh point of view because i'm uh imagining that you know if you're an advanced you're using the advanced product and in the you know 
US and Canada, and they're using the tax, you know, section in in the US, and yeah. then they've got DocuSign maybe embedded within their tax area, which means they could probably ping that tax return off to their client through Intuit, asking their client to sign via DocuSign and it coming back into the product. I would imagine that might be how that that might work. Yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Because is that the, the, the similar, which, is it Spotlight Reporting? Is that much of that sort of their premium app that's already but now been built in when you go into the advanced, isn't there? You go, uh, you want, you know, a next level up type of report. It's sort of, you're still in QuickBooks, but you're sort of leaving it at the same time because the connection is tighter. Yeah, and I wonder if it's also to do with the work, because there's that workflow section in QuickBooks as well, isn't there? There's that whole, um, we, we kind of explored it a little bit, didn't we, on, on a previous episode where we talked about how there was that, if QuickBooks did this, then it could do that. And there's that whole if statement type of scenario. And that's, I, I know they, they're really kind of trying to push that as kind of a, a main feature advance. It's like, you know, this is where you get your benefits from is because you get to use that advanced functionality. So if they kind of integrated DocuSign in with that, that could open up a lot of um, expense, um, um, uh, being sending off things like, um, uh, approvals and stuff because that's where i can kind of see that would be quite beneficial to them yeah because uh, their approval process compared to say the likes of zero has always been lacking hasn't it so maybe it's kind of a workaround if you like to that um but they already have a, a signing-esque technology already don't they because that's what we use for um for quotes and stuff isn't it on the phone but i suppose it's about basically taking market leader basically in, in um, sign and kind of using there so yeah I, it could be a could be a could be an interesting idea and i wonder you know how many more i mean we could only speculate but how many other kind of conversations they're having with other big providers and seeing what connections there they could make from there yeah i'm trying to think um uh, not us yet <laughs> um but yeah i say yeah yeah johan's putting them yeah again another good comment you know it could be later down the line. We, you know, that, that, that's a great one. You know, being able to use DocuSign to get clients to authorize the VAT return. Yeah, you know, that'd be a great one. Yeah, because at the moment it's pretty much off the back of an email quite often, isn't it? Or you know, you know um, or whether the yeah, you know, or whether you as the accountant are just going to just um, you know do it if you've got the authority anyway. And I think it's gone now, but we used to have DocuSign as a, a discounted partner on the ProAdvisor portal. You know how you got those extra bits as an accountant and everything else. One of those levels was DocuSign. I can't remember the details or, or what it was, but it was a there was at one point an opportunity to get it there. So maybe that's kind of part and parcel of that that partnership going forward, maybe possibly. Yeah, it could be um so that's brilliant okay so <laughs> with that then as well um so yeah so so this whole new premium app experience which um the other ones that have been announced was uh build.com salesforce and hubspot so having more integrations with there and the ones they've already got kind of because they own them basically is uh, quickbooks time which was t-sheets and quickbooks payroll 
which obviously makes sense. But I suppose if you think about it in the kind of functionality that what QuickBooks Time and QuickBooks Payroll have in terms of the deep integrations that you can get, that kind of gives you some indication of how, you know, how much integration you, you can have. Because that's the one, not downside, but that's the one thing to always bear in mind, isn't it, of the apps at the moment on the app stores. There's only so far they can kind of integrate with the system. So maybe this whole new premium app just gives them that extra extra element of being able to integrate their their product even more so yeah interesting interesting to go forward um and then there's one more bit that i wanted to talk about or just bring into um into people's um uh, uh, news article and just so people are aware of changes so again this is usa first but normally we find that if a big major change happens in the usa then we do see the idea that um, that that will come over to QuickBooks UK at some point, and that's normally how it kind of works out. I like to think the USA are kind of beta testing certain functionality for us, and then yeah, yeah, let them uh, <laughs> make the mistakes, and then we'll have it. We'll have the finished product. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Um, so the features that have come in and. To be fair, they're very much in line with what Zero can do, um, and and kind of getting that that um, that kind of idea. Um, but we've got the ability of Google Sheets compatibility coming forward. So I don't know about you, but Google Sheets has become integral in the way that we do things these days. Um, Excel's always going to hold a place in my heart, and I'll still always use Excel. But Google Sheets just offers some extra functionality from time to time that's really useful. So that's um, coming in the US a product it's either live now or it's coming soon um and they've got a point of sale integration as well so they've gone with shopkeep which i assume is a, a very usa based one but um obviously we've got izettle or zettle as it's called now um for taking card payments but they've gone for a full-blown point of sale integration um which is odd over in, in america because they've already got their own quickbooks point of sale solution so maybe it's a sign that they're kind of kind of stepping away from that uh, development and everything else and then just going to integrate going forward. So interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, yes, and that was all of them. Brilliant. The quickest point of sale or the point of sale app going through. Um, I don't know, is the point of sale app they've got already, is, was that through desktop, the point of sale? It, it was, wasn't it? But there wasn't there like a, they had like a workaround to get it on the online to some point didn't they uh, for the u.s uh product but it was yeah it was only ever u.s only there wasn't it at, at that point yeah so maybe it's just a little bit clunky and sometimes you might find it uh someone's developed an app that does a better job <laughs> <laughs> i wonder i wonder, I wonder. <laughs> yeah so yeah that that that's it so um yeah and and the only other news i found is that they are now pushing for that trade grep co and the quickbooks commerce um is going to be something that we're going to hear a lot more of coming forward so we'll keep you in the loop on that one and with that then ash i think that's it for the news it was a again there was uh some bits of tidbits there but not not too much but you've got some information about quickbooks um advanced payroll haven't you yeah let me uh bring my screen in over um yeah our yeah. oh, is doing that though if you do have any questions don't forget to use that question box i notice we've got one question coming in so we'll uh, we'll address that at the end 
Um, but yeah, if there's any more questions, then don't forget to use the question boxes on the right hand side of all the different platforms and they'll come over to us. Uh, right, share screen. Here we go. Okie dokie. Yeah, so I thought I'd just um, throw in a few tips around QuickBooks Online advanced payroll for you know, anyone that might be thinking of taking uh, a look at it. So I'm running um, a sort of a whole day of webinars on this with Intuit on uh, Friday. But here are a few tips. Now I'm just going to go into payroll settings um, for this payroll. And there is absolutely masses of settings, you know, within advanced payroll. It's an extremely flexible uh, product and the amount of different settings, you know, uh, can blow your mind literally. But I want to just go straight in for just to look at the chart of accounts. So with your chart of accounts, these, these are the categories when you're running a payroll. Um, where do you want your wages to appear, you know, in your profit and loss? Where do you want your liabilities to appear on your balance sheet back in your accounting software? And it's here that you really make those decisions. And now you're going to have a default set of accounts. And these default accounts are the, you know, the ones that you'll get without actually having to do any work within setting up QuickBooks. So your payroll clearing being, you know, the money that's going to be end up due, in, uh, due to your employees, the actual cost of the payroll to wage expenses and so on. So you've got the different categories, national insurance. Uh, and down at the bottom, I've got one here. So when uh, employees create an expense, um, a default, you know, for example, there is, you know, you could put it to travel and accommodation. So part of that journal that's creating all of your costs it could go there. Now, that they are your general defaults. Um, now, to know what chart of accounts you have access to and which ones you're going to want to be able to link to, you have to click this import accounts at the top right. So I just want to open this up. And what this will do, it will display all the, the chart of accounts that you've got in QuickBooks, the different categories. So they list in alphabetical order. So I've got accountancy at the top followed by all the different categories. So the ones that I've got blue ticks against, they're the ones that I'm choosing to use in payroll. So I've got entertaining, because if someone puts an expense claim through, they can you know, put it to entertaining if they want. I've got director salary, because I can set up specific payroll codes for directors as well. So that all leads me to just coming back to my chart of accounts is that I've set up different, you know, categories for, you know, different pay categories, deductions and expense categories. So when I'm looking at things like, you know, director's remuneration, instead of it just being lumped in with wages, you know, anyone that's on a director's salary has been set up with that particular pay category is going to go to the right place in my profit and loss uh, and so on. You know, if I want my, you know, out of hours to be separate from anything else that could go to staff bonus payments like I've got on here as an example. And if I just come down a bit, you know, I've got expense categories. So if people are claiming different expenses through payroll, so if someone claims an expense and they want to put it to entertainment, then I can make sure it goes to entertaining uh, and so on. And I've got a few there, 
you know, car parking, mileage and hotel, they're all gonna go to travel. So if someone puts an expense claim in and it gets authorized, it will automatically go on the payroll. So before, when I use payroll, uh, we spoke about this before, Aaron, you know, I never used to put expenses on payroll because it always used to lump them within, um, you know, gross gross wages. But at least with uh, advanced payroll, you've got the ability of making sure they're all separate and appear in separate areas of your profit and loss. Now, by just come out of this, so that was just a, a little bit on, um, you know, your chart of accounts, how that links, how that affects the journal, your payroll journals uh, when they get post uh, posted. Now, something else I want to touch upon in in payroll settings are sort of bank holidays. So if I'm looking at bank holidays, they don't automatically appear in your in your payroll. So I put a few in here earlier on while I was just doing some testing. So I can choose to put in a uh, marker day of being a public holiday. And if I just click on this, just to open it up, I can see for this particular day, um, it could be a, for a specific location. So if I'm setting up my employees, I can have different locations. So I can have someone that works in the office, someone that works in the warehouse, someone that works in distribution. And it could be that the people that work in the office, you know, they work Monday to Friday, they always have bank holidays off. So I could set up a location for office and it would mean that if someone, you know, selects holiday over that particular week, then it's not going to use up their allowance. You know, it would use up however many days less the bank holidays. But it could be that my office worker is, uh, sorry, my, you know, someone in the warehouse you know, I'll set them up as a location warehouse. When they actually put their holiday in, it will just take the whole day because they're not, they don't fall under this sort of bank holiday setting that I've got here. So I could choose to put in other locations. So, you've, you know, it could be that everyone has the bank holidays off, but if these other ones don't, then I won't add them to that sort of bank holiday area. That's what makes sense on that, Aaron, on those yeah and i can see where that can be really beneficial couldn't it when you've got those two different uh, or two different types of, of staff having different ones it makes sense having it that option doesn't it yeah because if you're if you're in um you know um what was i going to call it hotels um what do you call it hotels restaurants uh, yeah. hospitality hospitality yeah 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 yeah, if you're in that hop you know people are working all days different shifts so if people are you know you know working within the in the hotel itself you know we could set them their particular uh, hours uh, so it doesn't matter what you know what day they'll be working on they could be working on a bank holiday and that leads me to something else that was art we were asked recently is that well if i if i have a worker that works on a bank holiday then actually we need to add that day onto their you know accrued leave because they're due a bank holiday but they're working it so this is one of these uh, another little setting i just want to sort of just to sort of call it out really is that within your sort of pay conditions you have these rule sets and you can create different rules so if people work on a saturday or a sunday you could say you automatically you know increase their hourly rate by 
double time, treble time. So you can create rules to do that. You could create a rule for bank holiday. So it could be if someone actually works um, on a bank holiday, I've probably not set this particular one up uh, quite right. I'll look at another one. Um, that when, the, when, when that working shift falls on a bank holiday, let me open up this other one. Oh, I did rules, that's what I was looking at the wrong place. So the working bank holiday, so when a day is a public holiday, and if someone works on that day, then automatically you know, add an extra day onto their leave. So you can really sort of um, you know, be quite specific. And if someone works alternate shift patterns, so maybe they have one week on, one week off, so it could be there's that week off, that they're, they're not working the bank holiday. How do you go about doing that? What's something that maybe I was thinking about yesterday? Well, if I were to look at a employee, so let me look at my employees here. Uh, who did I do this on yesterday? If I look at Chris. If I look at the standard hours, so we could set an employee up and say that their standard working hours in the pay run defaults are going to be, you know, 35 hours a week. Um, but I could choose, if I went to the advanced settings and I wanted to edit that, let me just put it for, you know, only hours only, I could actually add a second week. So I could say that in week number one, they were Monday to Friday. And in week number two, so I could add a second week, perhaps I need to put some there again, I could say, well, they were week number one, Monday to Friday, week number two, they week one, they work Wednesday to Sunday. So when you sort of when this sort of kicks in, it knows, you know, when's that first, when is week one going to begin, sort of from this week. And then moving forward, uh, you know, quick payroll will know automatically whether that in person worked on a bank holiday or not. They don't have to enter timesheets if that's that's their standard working structure. Yeah, yeah. It'll do it all for you in the background. So uh, it's pretty clever, really. There's some pretty neat features. There. And it automatically alternates between the weeks, then, does it? Yeah. Brilliant. Nice. Yeah, so it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice little feature there. Um, I'll, come, I'll, I'll come sort that out a bit later. I'll just close that down. Um, another thing that I've been experimenting with, sort of to prepare, you know, for an next little webinar is... Now, under managing employees, you've got this ability of, you know, creating little rosters. And all of the employees will fall uh, or appear on this list. Anyway, I've got some. Um, yeah, that's fine. I've got some shifts in here that I set up. But I could just choose to, you know, click on a particular day. So let's go for thursday and i could choose all right well how many you know who do i need um to go on to this particular shift so i could just start adding people that i want on that shift now what that will do if i add those people i could just add a few people on there uh add a couple in there So on, and I could put the times in at the top when I went on the shift to start and finish on a particular day. 
or an, or on an evening you can set up a particular type of work and roles if you wish to as well and you can uh, you can choose to publish it so what that will do if i was to publish that you know those employees should have access to the employee portal and they'll get sent an email to say you know you can now you know there's some shifts available um if they actually have the employee portal on their phone, uh, downloaded the work zone app, they'll have a little notification that will pop up and say there's a shift available. And they could click on the link to say, oh, I'll accept that. So then you know that those, you know, that work is, you know, work, you're planning your work, uh, the employees are going to do that work, uh, and you're all good. Now, it could be that you've only got one job that needs doing. So, there's this one job and I need that doing Saturday morning. I've got the choice of about four people. So that's when you could use this little sh this shift bidding option. So the shift bidding, not the best terminology really, but what that means is that there's one shift and there's three people that could do it and whoever actually accepts it first, they're the ones that are gonna grab that shift and, uh, and have it. So I could choose to you know, save that, publish it, And they'll get sent out. So it's been sent out to those to three people. And then once one person accepts it, it will change like this one, this Chris White one has done over there. So it's fastest uh, thing first at that point, is it? That one is, yeah. Now there's some other things which I need to have a little uh look at. So you can sort of set up um templates um, and you can create some budgets against your uh, rosters. Now, I just want to close this down. Uh, open this up. There we go. I've got a cost breakdown. So I can see for this particular one where I've just got a, a cost. Uh, I've got three hours, and that's actually telling me that, that how, how much that shift is going to cost because I've got three hours in there. Uh, that person's hourly rate who's accepted it is going to cost me £66. And you can also create, and I've lost it at the moment. Um, there we go, budgets. So against, you know, you could edit, a, you could create a budget against, um, against a particular shift. So you could say, oh, I've got these, these particular days. That's the budget that I'm going to put in for those days. And then when you start rostering and people start accepting, you'll, uh, you'll get warnings. So if it goes, you know, within that other setting, you like 85% of your budget, you're going to have something come back to, you know, you're getting close to, yeah. to what you're expecting to spend on that particular day. So loads of great sort of tools there um, that are available for people that, you know, employ, you know, could be people want you know different uh, flexible zero hour contracts uh, and all sorts. So we just close that down. I love it. And so I've got some real life scenarios of where this advanced payroll can be really useful. <clears throat> so from our point of view, the game changer by far, which you've already mentioned, it was that employee portal. Um, we use that to set it up so that if a client or if one of our staff members wants to claim expenses they just do it through that portal 
and that's an absolute game changer in terms of saving time and everything else that goes through it they just literally they just log in they put what their expenses are and they're absolutely done it's brilliant for them um and then the other one we found lately was that new starter idea so the idea you just send them a link don't you now you put their email address in and they fill it all out for you yeah that's right so you can from your managed employee uh, sorry from your ad employee you've got this self-employee self-setup so just from there, you can put some, literally put the employee's name and email address in there, uh, send it across to them, and they'll do the rest. Or they'll do as much as what they can do, yeah. and then it'll come back. It will appear on the screen to say it's been partly set up, and then you as the payroll manager will be able to put in what their salary is some some other bits. Yeah. Yeah, so it, that is a nice feature. Um, yeah. One other thing I'll just I'll pop into while we're here, so in the payroll settings, you've got this. Um, so you've got your portal settings, and that's where you can choose what we just mentioned about. Well, as soon as you set up a new employee, you'll have the ability of basically ask or uh, selecting that they've got access to the portal, and they'll automatically receive an invitation through email. And that's when you can ju just check, you know, who has got access at the moment and you can grant them access and if they leave you can remove it uh, very easily um something else which is within here which i just sort of started dabbling with uh yesterday actually no just sunday evening this was uh, is in the time and attendance is the ability of using a little kiosk so if you are you know got people that should clock in and clock out then it's a kiosk. You have to have an iPad for this. And I had to go out and buy one <laughs> to test it. Um, so <laughs> my first Apple purchase. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I've downloaded the, the app on my, on my iPad. And I'll, just, I'll show you how, how it works very quickly. But, I mean, you can add a new kiosk. I created one here called Warehouse A. But you can add a new kiosk. Uh, give it your own name and you can set it for a particular location um, if you want it to. Uh, and it could be for, it could be set specifically for, for one location or you can choose, you know, everyone pretty much to access it and whether they need to even have their photo ID, you know, checked while they're, while they're logging in. So they can put in their start and their end times. Um, and then once that's set up, you've got the employee access. So again, you've got your employees there. They'll all be listed. Uh, and some of those that need to clock in, um, you send them a little pin. And then they'll be able to log in and pop in their pin. And I'm going to see if I can uh, demonstrate this. I'll just need to turn on the screen share. Bear with me a second. Uh, here we go. It's fine in the link. Oh. 
Perhaps I won't. Perhaps it's playing up. So we'll just check in the, the, the address I've got in there, which is the right one. I'll give it one more go. I suppose it's not, you're not used to having to share an Apple product, is it? It's totally your yeah. Android product. I've got the right, got the right um, address up there, so I'm not quite sure why that's decided not to. What to, what to bring in? I'll just give it one more try. But if not, I'll just uh, uh, I won't bother. It says it can't be shared, but it, according to my iPhone, iPad, it's sharing. Anyway, just take my word for it on that one. Then it's it's extremely simple. So basically, what happens is um, they they just see the iPad. They see their names down the left of the left hand side. Then there's a uh, you know some numbers on the on the front. You know, one to nine, they put in a four digit code uh, and then they can just choose then to start their shift from that point. And then if they need to come back and take a break, they select their name, tap in their code, start break, stop break, stop work. It's, it's very, it's dead easy. Yeah. So, yeah, I was, I was, I'm gutted I couldn't display it because literally, when we started, um, I had it all up on the screen. And it's just decided to uh, not play ball with me. So that's that's live. That's live television for you. Um, that's, uh, anyway, that's uh, that's. I think that's enough of my sort of extra little uh, advanced uh, payroll tips uh, for the day. But if anyone's got any other questions on that, um, I'll be more than willing to uh, try and answer them. I mean, I know some of the kind of tips of where those departments can come in because that that again was the. the a game changer we used for our client um those those departments when you've got that opportunity if they're in r&d so research and development um that can be huge for them because there's ability there where you can kind of set the departments properly up <clears throat> so that then you can get it so that they're all posted into the right areas on the PL and and it means that they can have kind of confidence in their calculations and stuff like that so it is you know when you really do get into the depths of what can be done on advanced payroll is it it's so like there is it's endless isn't it in terms of your options and everything else to, to do what you needed to do yeah absolutely so i um, i've got a few up on here so so locations of the are your sort of departments really and so one example i had on here is that you could have a location for furlough so it means that when you run a report you could literally filter it by that location and anyone that's on it um, will appear on there and I have all of the national insurance and whatever you, you're trying to sort of work out what to claim uh, in the one place. Yes, yeah, uh, there's a, there's lots of tools available, definitely. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, but have you have you seen any of the integration from QuickBooks Time yet? That's not available yet, is it? It's still coming soon, isn't it? Um, no, I've not seen any of the integration, not on the advanced payroll yet. It should be on its way, but... Um, uh, it's in, in product quite yet. I suppose thinking about it, although we're saying it's on its way, they've never clarified if that's QuickBooks Advanced or QuickBooks Basic, have they? So that is true. That is very, very true. And what's the um, so the, the 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 biggest thing I get asked is about you know so you've got your projects in QuickBooks, yeah, and yeah. So as at the moment, we can't link payroll. A project you well you there are some workarounds but you know 
but those to one side, uh, you can't, there's not a direct direct link, which is what's really needed, which uh, I think a few people are sort of, you know, shouting for. Yeah, 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 it makes sense, doesn't it? It makes sense. Bad, brilliant, though, some really bit, good bits of advice. And again, like we said at the beginning, if you are thinking about moving payroll provider, then this is that month to make that make that decision really isn't it if you want it to be simple and straightforward and without headaches yeah and then one of the little useful thing in there is that if you do have people on different uh, pay schedules you might have weekly or monthly it's very easy to swap them between the two as well oh really so, oh, okay. yeah so if someone if someone is on weekly pay and then they want and then you say well, actually no i'm going to move them to monthly pay you literally just edit their record and say they're on now on the monthly pay schedule and it just does it. That's good. That's good. I've had software providers before where I've had to P45 them and then. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you, you don't need to do that. You literally just change what the what schedule they're on. Oh, that makes them feel better. Yeah. There's nothing worse than them having to <laughs> be told they've been P45 when they haven't. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, uh, I'll stop sharing that then. So I think we're yeah, sort of. Yeah, that's that's really, that's really useful. And, and for us, the, the, the reason we moved over was also that that HR functionality of having the ability to book your own holidays and stuff. I'll be honest, we haven't quite got our head around it properly yet. There's still some, some, you know, some teething problems with it, but you know, the functionality of that is just, yeah, it's, it's really good. So brilliant. All right. So over to you guys now then for our final bit of the day, we've just got five more minutes left of the show itself. And it's the whole ask us anything. Um, and the idea then, um, you get to ask any questions that you've got. Um, so question that we've had come through during the section was all around um, bank accounts. And is it possible to count the processed eBay payments that show in my bank as total income instead of messing around with eBay deductions? Now, unfortunately, this is a problem that comes up quite regular, isn't it, um, Ash? It's not necessarily just eBay. It's PayPal, Stripe, um, any really payment um uh, uh provider or, or way of taking payments and depositing it in um if they ever take fees at source we get this question quite a lot don't we in terms of you know what what to do and everything else now just to answer that question really there honestly um you do have to gross up the payment or the income um if you to, to account for it properly and there's unfortunately there's no way around that um the reason it's so important or the reason it can be important to you is if you really close that vat threshold so you know hmrc want to see your gross income less any um costs and, and, and any fees and everything has to be accounted for separately so the money that comes into your bank account will only ever be coming in net and you've just got to find a, a, a simple solution for yourself or, you know, a more convenient solution, should I say, of being able to gross it up. We, you know, me and Ash, we tend to go down the route of having a, um, a control account, don't we, and, and using control accounts to do it. Um, but there's various methods to gross up in books. Yeah, I mean, um, I'll, let me just share my screen because just think while that question came in. Um, so one very, very basic thing that you could do is let me just come back into there so if all of those sales have come through uh net of your charges so let's say you get, you're getting a hundred uh you know 90 pound a time but you should be getting a hundred is the sale and you've got a long list of stuff that's come through so you've got literally 50 transactions 
um, 10 pounds a time has been deducted. So at the moment, you what you could do is that every single one of those things, you could just say, well, um, I'll code them all in a batch, every single entry, every single one I'm going to put, you know, to sales. So the entry is going to be money in the bank, uh, money's gone into sales. Um, but you've not accounted for your charges. So your turnover, quite rightly, like Aaron said, is not quite high enough. But what you could do is that if you looked at your eBay account and you said, okay, well, uh, summary of charges last month, I had 50 sales and I had 10 pounds a time uh, go through, that's 500 quid. So you could, you know, just very, very simply, you could say, okay, well, I'll pop on a little journal And it only needs to be two lines. So you could do it once a month. So you could say, okay, well, let's say to the 28th of February. And I don't know. I don't have an account in here. I'm going to create one very quickly. Uh, eBay eBay charges. So you could have one little account there for your expenses. Let's say that's a bank charge. So the your total cost for the month, 500 pounds. And you want to credit your sales by 500 quid. So that way you, you can say total eBay fees for the month, 500 pounds. Uh, adjust your sales by the same. And if you had a report or something from eBay, uh, you could attach it down the bottom. So that could help you out. So you don't have to go through all the one by one faffing about with it, you know, adjusting. Um, as long as you've got that something to back it up with, that will be a very sort of quick way of doing it, sorting it. Yeah, definitely. And, and that way, you know, especially putting your attachment there, you've got that backup as well. So it's a quick and easy way of doing it, isn't it? So. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there is that a is whole cool. video on my channel on eBay managed payments and how to deal with it. Um, but I, I agree with Ash. I think the easiest way is, you know, if you disciplined to just remember to do it on a month by month basis, then yeah, let's just throw in that that monthly one. You, you'll yeah. be absolutely fine. And you could create yourself a little template as well if you wanted to and save it and then go back in and use it. Yeah, definitely, definitely set it recurring and, and you're off to a good one, aren't you, on that one? Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, brilliant. Well, wonderful. Well, yeah, I think that's uh, that's the questions. It's a couple more that's come through, but we'll uh, we'll save them for another another week. I think we've just just come to that hour mark now, so it's time for us to, to move on. Ash, I'm going to put you on the spot here because we didn't discuss this pre-show. Um, what, when's our next show? What what, what time? Well, really it's going to be the thirtieth of March, and I don't have my phone with me. And I want to make sure. Let me just do a double check here that we're uh, we're not booked to do any sort of uh, training courses. Um, and it's good for me the thirtieth of March. Yeah, works for me as well. <laughs> okay, so it'll be the thirtieth of March. Like how very organised we are. <laughs> So it's all, it's all worked out in the end. Um, so yeah, so 30th of March is our next um, our next QuickBooks Labs. Hopefully, uh, well, we'll definitely have some news for you, but we're also going to try and get you a guest as well. And we always like to throw in a guest every now and again 
just to bring you some exciting time. So, um, Ash, I think that's pretty much the end of it, isn't it? It is, Aaron, yeah. Just goes to uh, say, uh, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us, everybody. That's a goodbye from me. And that's a goodbye from me. And we will see you on the next um, I'm said ask the expert now I'm on the wrong show on Great Books Labs. See you next time, everyone. Take care. Bye.